Welcome to the Sobity Chat Podcast. If you are new and welcome back if you are a regular and a part of the fam. My name is Fatima and the Sobity Chat is a self-care community and podcast designed to empower women through faith-infused resources, mental health support, coaching, and wellness events. So before we dive in, let's chat about a few ways that you can support the show. The first way is by subscribing wherever you are listening. The second way is to share with a friend. If you think that this episode or this show will provide value to their lives, please go ahead and drop them that link. The third way is to rate and review via iTunes or wherever you're listening, but iTunes is probably the most primary source where my listeners come from. So make sure you head over there and leave a comment about why you like the show and leave a rating. And then finally is by submitting your questions via email, which is sobdchat at gmail.com, my personal Instagram, Fatima underscore farmer, or by sending a voice message right here on Anchor if that's where you're listening. So without further ado, let's get into today's show. Really quick PSA before we dive in. I want to mention that this episode was recorded back in March when everything here in LA was being shut down due to the coronavirus. So if we mention anything that doesn't necessarily add up or make sense, just keep that in mind. Also, of course, this was before everything that started happening with the police and um, this uprising that we're all seeing. So it won't be mentioned in this episode. I just wanted to make it clear as to why we're not touching on any of that type of stuff, really. Um, I also wanted to share that this episode actually inspired me to create a self-love workbook that is designed to help us all develop healthy relationship goals. This workbook includes 15 plus journaling prompts and affirmations that will help you develop healthy relationship goals. So it really unpacks a lot of what we cover in this episode. So if you want to go deeper into your self-love journey and into establishing just a healthy set of relationship goals and boundaries before you start dating. Check out the link in the description and go on over and purchase the workbook. And I hope that this episode is enjoyable for you. I'm really excited about it. I think you guys are going to really love this one. Okay, let's dive in. Thank you everyone for tuning in to today's show. I'm actually going to be interviewing my very good friend and new friend that I'm so excited to have her on the show. Her name is Kat Parks and she is the CEO and founder of Girl Power LA. Kat, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I would love for you to um, maybe just start by telling the audience a little bit about Girl Power LA and why it's important to you. Why is that work important to you? Yes, well, thank you for having me. And Girl Power LA is basically, it's a community of women. Uh, I started it when I moved here to LA, just noticing how it's like very divided and it's very hard to make friends and people lose their sense of community. So Girl Power LA is basically a community of women. We all support each other. And we are working on right now becoming a nonprofit. So we're a nonprofit organization and we're geared towards helping young women maintain high self-esteem and self-worth while gaining a sense of community. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's actually how, um, how I 
met Kat, I believe, was through one of your events. I think that's how we met. I'm like, was it through Brittany or did I meet Brittany because of the girl power? (laughs) (laughs) It it was. I think it was actually, we had a mutual friend named Allie, I think. Yes. Yes. Girl power, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Allie. You happen to be listening because honestly, like she really did connect me. Like she was so adamant about me meeting you. She's like, "Oh my god, like you have to meet my friend Cat. You're gonna love her. Like you guys have <laughs> so much in common. Like you have to meet her." She literally was saying that for like weeks, and then finally, I was in like a weird space. I was like kind of being antisocial, and I was like, "Okay, cool. Like looking forward to it." And then finally, once I finally was kind of getting out of that weird space, I was like, "All right, I think I'm ready to kind of." be social again right I think I'm ready to talk to people right I think I'm ready now but even at that event I was still kind of like weird like I was kind of being like a recluse because I wasn't like I was forcing myself to be social but I wasn't really there yet um so yeah I just remember like going to the event and just being like oh my gosh all these beautiful black women in LA who are doing like amazing things and excited about just like making friends and connecting like they don't want anything it's not about what you do it's literally just like we're just all here because we're excited to just like make connections and I remember like when you started, when I met you and then you started speaking, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I love her. Like, I was like, I want to be her friend. <laughs> that was literally my thought. I was like, I want to be friends with her. Oh. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm so grateful for Allie for making that connection and then for you for making all the other connections that you've helped me to make through Girl Power LA. But if you guys are not familiar with Girl Power LA and if you live in the area, definitely check it out. I know you guys have a Facebook group um, and an Instagram page. So make sure you follow them and get connected if that's something that you're interested in. So Kat, I would love for you to share, you know, a little bit about your journey from moving from Ohio, right? And what what is your story to getting to LA? Right. Well, I actually, I moved here from Nashville, but yes, I'm from Ohio. 513. Yeah. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yeah, so I was in Nashville. Um, like, you know, I am a musician and I'm a singer-songwriter, so that's how I ended up in Nashville, Tennessee, just performing with my band and writing songs. And, you know, I was there for about five years, and I kind of just felt like I got too comfortable. Like, I felt like, okay, I know Nashville. I performed at, you know, every venue. I set out to, you know, perform at. What's next? Like, I feel like I've seen all I can see here, so... It's funny because I never really saw myself moving to LA. I had visited before because, you know, my twin sister lives here. But I I don't know. When I had first came here, I was just kind of like, it's too big. It's too crowded. I don't like it, (laughs) you know, like not for a place to live, just for a place to, you know, go visit, go to the beach, get some sunshine. (laughs) But I don't know. Something kind of just shifted um, in like a couple years like I said, after being in Nashville, I was kind of like, okay, I need something. I need to change because I'm too comfortable. So that's what inspired me to move to L.A. I felt like I was ready for something different. And in Nashville, I feel like I was like this big fish in a little pond. And it's funny because now in L.A., I'm like a little fish in a big pond. <laughs> but, yeah, I just kind of was like, you know what? I think music and modeling will be the move to take me to the next level. So I ended up just taking the leap and just basically selling everything because it was such a big move. I couldn't take everything. (laughs) And 
it's crazy because now I feel like I found my calling. I'm not even pursuing what I came out here to do. Wow. And I think, I think that's what's so interesting about your story is like you were dead set on working as an artist and like doing music and, and traveling the world, like performing and all of that. And now you have this amazing organization. So I'm curious to know what was that process like of kind of letting go of that idea or dream or version of yourself in a sense to embrace this new path that God has you on? Yes, like that process was actually crazy. (laughs) That process was literally, I want to say like the worst and best time of my life because it was very scary, very lonely, dark, and just kind of like confusing because like you said, I was like losing it. It felt like at the time a part of me, Mm -hmm. but what I now realize in retrospect is like I was just discovering who I really am. Mm. So I just had to let go, like you said, of that version of myself that I thought was my identity and just allow, you know, just allow God to like lead. And because I, like I said, I got to a point where it was just very confusing and dark. And I literally was just asking God, like, look, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Because I just felt internally there was something missing and I didn't know what. Mm. And Part of me, my intuition felt like it didn't include music. And that really confused me because I was like, like you said, my whole life, I just knew that that's what I was going to do. So I kind of like surrendered. I was like, God, what do you want me to do? What am I put here on earth? Whatever it is, I'll do it. And that was when the whole shift and the process really started happening. It was a very slow process. I'm not going to say it was overnight (laughs) where I was like, oh, I'm not going to do music anymore. I'm going to start this nonprofit organization. but the process was definitely a long one, I would say, probably a course of, you know, over the year, maybe about eight, nine months where it was really just like letting go. And, and now I'm at the point now where I've ex- I'm, I'm like literally the happiest I've ever been. And no, that doesn't mean everything's perfect, but I feel at peace and I, and I feel confident in knowing that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. For the first time, actually, in my life. So, (laughs) Wow, that's beautiful. I love that. I feel like lately, so many of my friends that I've been talking to have been saying that, that they're just like, this is the happiest that I've been. And it's so interesting. Like, even my mom said that to me recently. And I was just like, yes, mom. Like, (laughs) because like, it's, it's so interesting, I think, especially for like creatives, right? And entrepreneurs and all of us women that are like trying to build something for our, for, for us, by us, right? It's like, there's, there's so many stories sometimes of just like struggle and pain. And I think we all have a piece of that in our journeys, but I think it's also really beautiful to just see people living on the other side of that. Like really just like, I am confident that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like God is on my side. I'm making the moves in the directions I need to. Like just real life glowing up. You know, I think that's so inspiring to see. Um, I would love to kind of, before we shift gears and kind of talk about some of the other stuff that we have been in like weeks just talking about <laughs> just <laughs> love and relationships and all of that. I would love to hear about if there was a particular time on your journey where you really felt like, you know, you were at your lowest. And if you feel comfortable with sharing that, like where you felt like you were at your lowest or you felt um, like giving up 
and going back home or you felt, you know, just that that moment of like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And kind of walk us through that, because I know that's something that a lot of people experience when they take a leap of faith. That's actually a really good question. And I feel like what's funny is, you know, when I moved here, like I said, I did experience my absolute you know, darkest time. But there was never a point, look, now that I think about it, where I was like, I'm going back home. Like, maybe I should go back home. Because I knew I was meant to be here. And that's a part of what made it so confusing, because I'm like, well, God, why am I going through all this if I'm, if I'm meant to be here? <laughs> but I feel like sometimes that's why you're going through something. Yeah. To prepare, you know, it's preparation. It's preparing you for, you know, what you ask for. Your journey is always literally shaping you and preparing you. So... I feel like my lowest point was probably, you know, within a month of moving here because I felt like even though there were good things happening in my life, like, you know, being able to transfer my job and move across the country, not worry about money and finding a home within a reasonable time, like three months, I just felt like, why am I so unhappy? Mm. Like, I, I literally, everything that I've been, every goal that I set, myself prior you know to moving I'm literally I literally have that now so I couldn't figure out why it is that I felt so empty and I just felt so unhappy and then that literally made me feel depressed because I'm like why are you sad you don't have a reason to be sad so then I felt guilty yeah a lot of guilt and shame so you know yeah definitely within like a month of moving here it was probably like the lowest moment because like like I had intentions set and things were just like reforming it before me, but there was never a moment where I was like, should I go back home? Because I knew I was meant to to be here. Mm -hmm. I knew I was meant to go through that, if that makes sense. Yes, that totally makes sense. So I think something that we have talked about at some of the girl power workshops that I've been to and also like just personally when we hang out is love and relationships that always seems to come up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to spend some time talking about that as much, as much as you want to share, as much as you feel comfortable sharing. Um, but I, I would love to kind of start with just, I think where, if you feel comfortable, like I said, where you are when it comes to love and relationships and what is a lesson that you're currently learning or unpacking in your personal life. Wow, coming through with the gems. <laughs> um, where I am, uh, I would say when it comes to self-love, like you said, we could go on and on about this. I feel like we always have so much like to share on this topic. Mm-hmm. You know, I love talking about self-love and relationships. <laughs> but hmm, I would say that I'm really on this journey where I feel like I'm realizing that it's really important to love yourself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people throw that out there and it sounds cliche, like, oh, just love yourself first and the right person will come along. But that's so important, but we have to go deeper. It's really because until you know what makes you happy, until you feel whole and until you fully healed from you know, your experiences, you are gonna, you know, not all the time, because a lot of this has to do with how self-aware a person is. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, if you're not in a place where you're happy, you're going to depend on someone to fulfill that void. Mm-hmm. You're going to depend on someone to, 
you know, complete you and make you feel happy because you don't feel happy. And what that creates is a codependent relationship because now you're expecting someone to do something that should already be within yourself, something that you should be able to do. And, you know, that's one thing I've had to learn, you know, even in my previous relationship, I feel like this person was not at a place where they were happy. Mm-hmm. So they were depending on me to make them happy. Mm-hmm. And while it's okay, like for a couple to, you know, of course, make each other happy, cause you know, that's important. That person shouldn't be the only reason that you're happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. That person should just add to the happiness you've already created within yourself. So that's something I'm definitely learning. Um, Just the difference between a healthy relationship and an unhealthy one, because that's not something I was really taught growing up, but like just through experiences, the most wisdom I've gained is like, how do you identify when a relationship is unhealthy, you know, through deal breakers or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's interesting because like, for sure that's definitely something that i think most of us aren't taught and especially if you if you didn't grow up in a family where you saw a healthy relationship mm-hmm. like for me personally i i didn't realize that the examples of relationships that i saw all throughout my life were unhealthy until i was like in my early 20s so prior to that you know i'm operating with this frame of mind of this is how relationships are so that explained for you know for a huge chunk of my life i was like oh I don't think I'm ever going to get married. And I was like, I have no issue with that. Like it was, it didn't, it never crossed my mind to be married. It never crossed my mind to have like children and a family. It was just like, Oh no, like that's not even something that's on my radar because it was like growing up, I didn't have healthy examples of that, you know? So it's just like, it's so interesting how you said, like, that's just not something that we, if that we're taught, you know, I think, Something else that's interesting is the lesson you said you're learning is also something that I have been learning recently of just like, it's like, you know it, right? Like a person shouldn't make you happy, but it's a difference when you actually experience it. And I'll I'll be transparent and share a little bit about my journey, but I feel like recently, like with the recent breakup that I just had, I'm realizing that like, I, I was talking to my friend the other day and she was like, oh, how are you doing? And I was like, actually, like, I'm doing really well. And a part of me almost feels like bad because I feel so good. And she was like, why? And I was like, I think because the switch went off in my mind recently that although this person added so much joy to my life, they weren't the reason why I was happy every day. So like without them, it's like, yeah, there's a part of me that miss talking to them and miss our connection and miss all those things. But there's also a part of me that's just like, but I have so many other things in my life that bring me joy every single day. So it's like, I don't feel like anything's really missing. You know, it's like, there's a part of me that misses the person, but I don't feel like my happiness is gone because that person is gone. So I love that you shared that because there is a difference between, you know, someone adding happiness and someone being your reason for being happy. And those are very different. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, you're right. Sometimes we even think we miss someone, but we really just miss the way that person makes us feel. Ooh, talk about it. So if we can feel the way that person makes us feel without them, a lot of the times we realize like, oh, I don't need them. Yeah. Like, you, like, like you said, there's a switch that goes off where you realize, you know, you weren't depending on that person 
for that feeling because you already have it within yourself first. Right. That is actually a really powerful exercise that I would encourage anyone that might be in a similar space where maybe you just got out of a relationship or you're just missing your partner. Think about like, I've actually done this before where I've written out a list um, where I've written out all the ways that this relationship made me feel. And then I thought of ways that I can make myself feel that way. So for example, if some of the things were, well, this, this person made me feel special. And the reason why was because they would like surprise me or buy me gifts or like, just, you know, send me random, like just thinking of these things. So how can I provide that for myself? Surprise myself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Order something for myself and literally forget about it. And it shows up at my door and like, on Amazon Prime. Right. Like (laughs) present it as a gift, you know, like do like a little gift package, write a little note to yourself and literally forget about it and watch when it shows up at your door. Like that feeling that that person gave you, you can recreate yourself. I love, absolutely love that you shared that because that's so huge. And I think it also is a way of, really making self-love practical, right? Because that is an act of loving yourself. I remember I was listening to an interview once with um, Dion Ivory from Black Girl and Own, which I love. If you guys don't follow them, check them out. Um, And she said, um, she said something along the lines of like, self-love is practicing your own love language. And I was like, girl, like (laughs) like really think about that like what is your love language if your love language is acts of service and uh words of affirmation you can practice that for yourself you don't need you don't need a partner to provide that for you in order to feel love not saying that there's anything wrong with it because having love from another person is a beautiful thing but you don't have to depend on it you know wow i love that isn't that so good? When I heard it, I was like, wait, what? I never thought about it in that way. Right, exactly. I, I love the whole Five Love Languages book, and I've never thought of it in that way. Like, because, you know, my love language is definitely words of affirmation. And it's like, you know, you know, if that's your love language, too, you can write yourself a letter to yourself or some affirmations, yeah. you know, in the morning to read, just to read to yourself and create, like you said, create that feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> that just like gave me an idea. This always happens when we talk. I'm like, we're talking, but like other ideas are popping up in my mind. But so <laughs> I want to I wanna kind of talk to you a little bit about um, relationship traits and things that you mm-hmm. have learned from your previous relationships that now, you know, I think most women probably have like a list of what they want in a partner. But I would love to hear like, what are some of your top things that you prioritize when it comes to a relationship? Ooh, that's a good question too. I feel like, you know, number one, I definitely want someone who's connected to like the higher, a higher source. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say higher source is because like, you know, I think that religion is like, I definitely am a Christian, but I feel like religion oftentimes kind of like, divides people and you're like oh I need someone that's the same religion as me and sometimes you know that can literally you know cut you off from the person that you're meant to be with because you're not you know being open so I just I want someone who definitely believes in God but like they don't have to be like the same religion as I am Mm -hmm. um I definitely want someone who is passionate about what they do and definitely want someone who is 
wise with their money. Don't have to be like out here balling or nothing, but <laughs> someone who definitely, you know, and understands the importance of like, you know, being financially responsible. So, and I definitely look for someone who would be a great father. So mm. of course, all the traits that would involve being a good father, you know, being loving and patient. Um, someone who is, of course, not quick to anger shows a lot about their character right um so like i look for things like that because i'm like okay that could see this person being a good father so those are definitely like a few like of the most important ones but girl you know i got a long list too <laughs> i like i like to journal and i i i think i told you about how like before i manifested my last relationship i actually wrote out a list of every quality i want them to have but most of them are just you know qualities like that just like patient um uh appreciates me and you know someone who's definitely definitely have the traits of being a good father so speaking of that i remember one in one of our earlier conversations you mentioned that like a lot of times we are looking to date our fathers Mm. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that, especially with you sharing like what your what the traits are that you look that you look for in a in a partner. Do you feel like that is still a reflection of that? Like, and explain and kind of explain to me your thought process behind why you think most women do that. That's so crazy because when I had first heard that, I was like, "That's crazy! <laughs> like, why would you want to date someone like your daddy? <laughs> That's weird." <laughs> But it's so true. And like, even through the workshops that I've experienced, I've noticed the, you know, just the dynamic and how interesting it is. Um, I feel like a lot of us grow up without fathers. Mm -hmm. So we end up dating, you know, men that kind of like, I don't know, I think... I think that not having a father influences the man you date just as much as having one. Because, mm -hmm. like, say you have a good father and you end up, you know, falling in love with someone who's very similar. Like, maybe they have very sim similar personalities and, you know, sense of humor and demeanors. Like, we discussed, like, with my past relationship, they had very similar personalities. Mm -hmm. But then what I've noticed even through the Girl Power workshops is that there are a lot of women out here who have developed um, di different types of attachment styles based on their lack of father mm -hmm. in their life. So, you know, meaning that I've seen women, you know, share with me how they, ne they always felt like they had to chase after love subconsciously because of the love they never received from a man growing up. Yeah. So now you look at how you don't really you don't really understand in the moment why you are chasing after a man who is not giving you the attention that should already be readily available to you that you deserve, but you're not realizing that, Oh, maybe I'm doing that because I had to fight for love from my father mm. or I had to, you know, make myself feel like I, I was made to feel like I wasn't worthy of love. So I feel like I have to, you know chase after it right so i think that yeah definitely having a father um growing up there are definitely going to be times where you know 
you may notice similarities, but also I think not having a father, um, it can influence us just as much. Totally. I think you bring up a good point with the attachment styles. And actually for anyone that's listening, I have, I think like two podcast episodes where I go into depth about um, attachment styles and just kind of the thought process behind that if you're unfamiliar with it. But that's so true that like, I think a lot of times it's like this subconscious thing that it happens to all of us and we don't even know it. Where like you said, whether you had a good upbringing or if you didn't or if you had an absent parent or absent parents like a lot of times that stuff doesn't actually show up in a way that makes sense to us in a physical realm until we're like in a relationship or we're in an interaction with another person and then we realize you know why am I like this you know I think that's that's literally a question that I've asked myself so many times where I'll catch myself doing something I'm like wait where did this come from? Where did this belief come from? Where did this idea come from that, you know, I'm not valued or I don't deserve this certain thing or that I can never attract this certain type of person? And I think it kind of reminds me of something you said once before was when before you, um, like when you were younger, you struggled with knowing the difference between being valued versus being wanted. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yes. Like, you know, like I said, growing up, I never really was taught self-love. I think a lot of us aren't. And, you know, I've had my previous, you know, my first experience, you know, with another guy, you know, I was so young and he was a lot older than me, not a whole lot, but you know, there's definitely a gap. (laughs) And I feel like I, like looking back, I'm like, what was I doing? Cause I was just kind of like, you know, I, I wouldn't say I was chasing after him, but I feel like I was definitely like fighting for his attention, Mm -hmm. which that's a red flag to begin with. But, you know, I just felt like I had to kind of prove myself to him in a sense. Like I felt like with him being older, he had like the upper hand, like he was, you know, subconsciously maybe I felt like he was better. Mm -hmm. So I was just trying to like prove to him, like, you know, I'm definitely mature enough for you. I'm definitely woman enough for you. And instead of, the red flag going off, like, why doesn't he already see this? Why doesn't he recognize that I'm these things instead of me trying to show him that I am these things? So, yeah, you know, I feel like when I contrast the mindset I had back then versus now, that's when I realized, like, oh, there's a difference between being wanted and someone letting you know that they're interested in, you know, investing time in you because, of course, if someone's texting you and asking you, hey, you want to you hang out? In, in my mind back then, as a 16-year-old, I'm thinking, oh, this person values me, mm. right? Because they want to hang out with me. They want to spend time with me. But, you know, my 26-year-old self is like, okay, just because someone is trying to spend time with you and giving you their attention, that doesn't mean that they respect you. Mm. That doesn't mean that they know your worth and that you're valuable. So I really had to, you know, realize that. But like I said, I didn't until, you know, growing up later. Now I can say, okay, you know, someone should already recognize what I'm bringing to the table without me having to prove myself. Mm. So how do you think you got to that point where that switch happened? Because I think it's, I think it's, um, 
definitely something that I can remember like in my teens feeling that way. But in all truth, I remember having similar thoughts when I was like in my early 20s, where it was like, I didn't have that sense of self-worth yet where I, or even if I did, I didn't acknowledge it, right? Because I, I won't say that I didn't, I wasn't aware that, okay, this person probably doesn't value me, but that didn't stop me, you know, that didn't stop me from being like, oh, like this person's showing me attention and I want their attention. So I'm just gonna, as me and my best friend like to joke around and say like, I'm gonna get on the hamster wheel. Knowing that it's, knowing that it's not going anywhere, I'm gonna get on anyway because I want this attention. I'm seeking this out. So I'm curious to know for you, if you can remember like what started to shift where you had that realization that there's a difference, you know, and like what practical things did you do to make that shift? Mm. You know, I don't know like if it was a particular like, like light switch moment, but I definitely think being alone contributed to a lot of that realization because I didn't have like my first serious relationship until like now, you know, in my, mid 20s so i think just ha- being able to appreciate that solitude that time alone and reflect you can just you can have more time to real have those realizations come to you because your mind is quiet right. and i think that definitely even more so just having someone chase me for the first time and pursue me willingly and intentionally like with with intention like oh this is why I want you because you have this quality and this quality and this quality. I think that if anything may have been the closest thing to an aha moment that I had. Cause I'm like, wow, here's a man who is actually intentionally, not just like casually, but intentionally pursuing me on a, not on a daily basis. Right. In the past I felt like I had to fight for that attention that I am now so easily given because So that definitely would be the closest thing to an aha moment I had. Right. So would you describe like in that moment, right, you're like, you're single, you're focused on yourself, you're focused on your self-love. And then here comes this person that's like showing you all this attention, expressing all this interest and like really pursuing you. Did you ever have a moment where you felt like, where maybe you question, do I want to come out of my singleness in this great space that I'm in? for this person where I think something you said the last time was like, it wasn't even that the person was competing with another man. They literally were competing with you because you were in a relationship with yourself, you know? Mm. So how was, how was that process when you're like, I'm in a really good space. And then all of a sudden, like someone kind of pops up, like, right. (laughs) Like, Hey, (laughs) right. Cause I think that's (laughs) for a lot of people. I know I definitely struggle with it. I'm like, wait, like as soon as I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm focusing on me. I'm living my right. life. I'm happy. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, hey, how you doing, sis? And I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so funny how that happens. Cause like, you know, that's a good question because, you know, I was single for so long. But even during my singleness, I never felt like, dang, I'm single. Right. Like you know, it was kind of like I was just. Don't get me wrong. Of course, I want to be cuddled at night. You know, I want my booty rub. <laughs> Before we dive any further into this episode, I want to quickly tell you about an app that I've been using for the last couple of years to assist with my mental health journey called Faith Counseling. 
Faith counseling is a solution for people seeking traditional mental health counseling who would prefer hearing from the perspective of a Christian. If you're seeking a mental health professional who is a practicing Christian, faith counseling may be a great option for you. The best part is that you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Just a few things to note about faith counseling. This is not a crisis line and it's not self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online with real therapists. (laughs) There's a broad range of expertise in the counseling network, which may not be locally available in some areas. So keep in mind when you're booking your sessions. The service also is available to clients worldwide, and one of the great benefits is that you can log into your account at any time and send a message directly to your counselor in real time. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly or phone sessions so you won't ever have to worry about sitting in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Faith Counseling is also committed to facilitating great matches so they make it easy and free to change your counselors if needed to be honest while the the times that i've been using this app i have changed my counselors multiple times and i don't feel guilty about it because it's super easy to do and also you kind of have to view it like dating you may not get it right on the first try and some people you just may not match with but the fact that you can easily literally in less than a day and change your counselor for free is a great option that faith counseling offers. Another thing that you should consider about faith counseling is that it is way more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available to those in need. Faith counseling wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read some of their testimonials or check out my other episodes where I go into depth about what it's like to work with a therapist to learn more about my experience and visit Faith Counseling to join over half a million people who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. For a special offer and to get 10% off your first order with Faith Counseling or your first month with Faith Counseling, use my link, Get faithful.com slash soul beauty. Again, to get 10% on your first month of services with faith counseling, click the link in the description or type into your browser, get faithful.com slash soul beauty. S O U L B E A U T Y. Get faithful.com slash soul beauty. Thank you, Faith Counseling, for the opportunity to collaborate on this amazing, amazing service and check it out if this is something that is resonating with you. Okay, back to the episode. (laughs) Keep it real. At the same time, it was like, you know, I'm so busy literally getting up every day, going to meetings, going to do this, going to the studio, going to help somebody out, you know, support their business. Like I had a full agenda. So it was like, even though... I knew I it was going to end up with someone. It, I was in no rush because I was just so busy, you know, pursuing purpose. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that is true. I definitely had it like a time, a long period of time where you, like you said, I was questioning, do I want to be in a relationship? Like now I'm going to be transitioning to like having to obligate, feeling obligated to give someone my time, yeah. you know, when, when I was single, I had all the time in the world to do whatever I want. And 
you know, now in a relationship, it's like, okay, what does this person want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, so I definitely feel like during that time where I was questioning that I had to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we talked about this too, is like how important asking the right questions is in the beginning of a relationship. Yeah. Whether it's you're already in it or dating. But yeah. Yeah, I I definitely resonate with that because I think a lot of women who are on like their self-love journeys have that fear of losing themselves when they get into a relationship, you know, because now you have to prioritize another person. Like it's really, it's like you have to become, you have to go from being selfish in a good way where you're focusing only on you, taking care of you to being selfless, you know, and that's like a big barrier for some people so you mentioned questions what are some of those questions that you think that you've applied but also that other women should consider when they are entering a relationship yes so one is i think just it depends on the relationship and the person but i would say to start um you always want to get an idea of like a person's trauma because if they haven't fully healed from that trauma and they could project it on you, you know, unless, you know, they're, they're, like I said, self-awareness is key and not like projecting the trauma you've experienced on someone and just being able to say, Oh, even I experienced this, but it made me a better person. Like it made me this way. I'm not allowing that to make me that way, you know? So, but I feel like, you know, definitely what is your deepest fear you know what is your biggest insecurity because a lot of the time if you enter into a relationship where there's no trust you know it could be because that person's deepest fear is being cheated on Mm. so you can get insight into a person's insecurity by asking them what is your deepest fear when in a relationship so that's definitely one thing i would ask um and then, like, what are your views on, and then you have to fill the blank in with whatever your values are. Mm. So, for example, me, you know, God is definitely important to me. So I would want to ask questions about, you know, faith. What are your views on God? How important is that in a relationship? Um, but I would say look at your values and kind of allow that to determine the kind of questions that you ask. Love that. I think. I I think a tip that I would add to that, like in forming those questions, if you're like, well, I don't know what questions to ask. Like, like you said, look at your values in a a way that, or a book that I would recommend that can help with figuring out what your values are is a book called The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte. And I think that's how you say her last name. Um, But she really breaks down like an exercise that can help you get really clear on what your values are. So I think going into crafting those questions from a place of values, like I know mine, like I'll share some of mine, like definitely um, communication is a big one. A huge one obviously is my faith in God. And then another one is definitely, um, another one is definitely um, trust and loyalty. So like, like you said, then once you have those values, it's a lot easier to kind of craft those questions. So something that you, um, actually, before I dive into the next point I wanted to get into, you mentioned like um, asking about fears, right? And it's important to have a conversation that will help you get insight into your partner's 
deepest traumas before you get into like a relationship with the person. Right. Um, that sparked a thought in my mind because without sharing too much of my business, <laughs> um, I recently feel like, you know, that although I had had very open communication with the person that I was dating, I did not know about some of their most deepest traumas until like much later into the relationship. And um, I'm curious to know if you have any thoughts around like, whether it's your partner or if it's you, if you just, one, if you don't know, right? Like if you don't realize that this is something that is showing up in your life, like you don't have that awareness yet. And also too, if you feel afraid, like if you do know, but you're hesitant. And I'll, I'll give another example. I remember like last year, I think, when I had like first started dating, like after being in a long relationship, I remember um, like I'm getting to know this person. We're going out a couple of times. We're, you know, spending more time together. We're talking on the phone more. And I remember having that moment where like my um, like mental health came up. And if you guys have been following me for a while, you know that I'm very open about like having depression in the past and like having, you know, suicidal thoughts in the past. And like just my, I'm very open about my mental health journey, but I'm not very open about it when it comes to dating. That was something that I realized in that moment (laughs) because we had not talked about it. And the reason that it came up was because he started, like, he was like, oh, like, you know, I want to see the stuff that you, like the content you create. And I was kind of like, uh, I don't really want to, like, like, I'm curious. I want to see what type of stuff you're creating. Like send me like the the thing you're most proud of. And Mm -hmm. I remember sending it right. And the video that I was most proud of was the one where I was talking about depression. And I was like, I feel like this might be a deal breaker. Like, I feel like if I send this, because I'm literally saying, hey, here's like the most broken part of me. And I watched it and I want you to see it. And I was terrified. I was like, I'm going to send this to him and he's never going to talk to me again. (laughs) Funny enough, enough, he did ghost me, but I don't think that was fine. (laughs) <laughs> we had a conversation I'm about sure was it wasn't. We had a whole conversation about that. He's like, oh, that was so amazing. Like, I'm so inspired by that, yada, yada, yada. And we talked, we had an honest conversation about mental health then. But like, I'm curious to know if you have any thoughts around just like, what do you do when you're afraid to ask those questions or you're afraid to, you know, even get the answer? Like, what if like you're, you're concerned that what your partner might say might be a deal breaker, you know, how do you kind of navigate that? Wow. That's, that's so deep. Cause like, I remember, um, when I think I had shared this with you, there was a, a friend of mine, shout out to Brittany Pollard. Um, and we were having a really good conversation about how important it is to open up and that requires vulnerability mm-hmm. and that sometimes that's scary but just you just have to accept and know that you deserve to be loved for who you are and not even saying that you know you you know you are defined by your experiences or like you you are defined by depression because no that's not the case that's just something that you deal with right mm-hmm. it's not like a part of who you are it's not your identity mm-hmm. but however you have to be willing to have those vulnerable experiences and conversation because if you don't, you don't want it to come down as a surprise later on down the road, Mm -hmm. you know, with that person. Like, you know, if your goal is to get married, you don't want that coming up. And this, this person is like, Oh, I didn't know about this. 
So you want them to be able to make the choice where um, they can say, you basically give them all of you, you put out everything on the table, they, your flaws, your insecurities, your good qualities, and vice versa. They do the same, and then you all can choose to love each other. Yeah. And that true love is unconditional. So just have to, you just have to realize and know that if someone loves you unconditionally, it won't be contingent upon your flaws. It won't be contingent upon what they can do for you. It won't be expectation with it. And a lot of the times, it's hard for us to accept that because we can't fathom a love where it doesn't require anything of us. Mm. But I kind of have to look at God's blueprint of love whenever I feel like that. If I were to feel like that, I would say, you know, God loves us and he isn't expecting us to do anything to receive that love. He's going to love us no matter what. He's going to love us through our good times, our bad times, our flaws. So we just have to embody that same blueprint. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I think that's like, that's the root of it right there. It's like, that's how you, that's how a person can show up in a relationship fully exposed, right? Even if you're still afraid, you can still show up and say, hey, this is what I have to bring to the table, both good and bad, and be comfortable with the fact that like, a person may may not want to be a part of that, you know, but right. And that's okay. Okay. Like, that's cool. Like, I'm, I'm giving, I'm putting it all out there so that, and you're putting it all out there, hopefully, so that we can both make what, whatever decision we feel like is best for us. But when exactly. you have unconditional love and relationship with God, it's like you move different. You're just like, okay, if this person is not accepting of that, then that's not a big deal. Like life goes on because mm. you have God's love and you also know that the person that the person that is for you that's aligned with God's love, right? They understand unconditional love from a God perspective. Mm-hmm. They also are going to have that same perspective. So once wow. they have that amount of love in them, they can if they see all the value that you bring, they can also see all your flaws and not be phased by it. They're just like, "Okay, like right <laughs> Like I yeah. mentioned, but like, okay, that doesn't, that doesn't deter me from the value that you bring, you know? Right. Exactly. That's, that's so true. And, you know, in my past relationship, I know one thing my boyfriend was not scared about, but he was kind of like, it was important to him that I accepted his kids, mm-hmm. you know, it was important to him that that wasn't a deal breaker. And it's so funny because like, I literally always told myself like, I never said I would never date someone with kids, but I was just kind of like, uh, I don't see that happening. And the very thing that kind of like kept me from wanting to date him was actually the thing that made me love him more mm-hmm. because I saw how great of a father he was. And I got to see like, oh, wow, like he, he is a great, he's an amazing father. I can see him be an amazing, you know, father to our future child as well. So it's like, you have to be open to loving someone and, that comes with just accepting, you know, everything that comes with them. And like, when I looked at his kids, I saw him and there was a reflection of him and I love him. So mm-hmm. inevitably I love his kids too, because it came with them. Right. And, you know, it's crazy because I had the most deep woke conversation with my Lyft driver on the way to the airport. <laughs> and this man was basically just, he just straight up asked me, he was like, do you know the difference between making a choice versus the decision? Mm. 
And I was like, uh, I can't remember what I said, but I was like, uh, choice is like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and he was like, when you make a choice, you literally outweigh the pros and the cons and you look at both each, both sides and then you, and then you choose. When you make a decision, it's instant and quick. And it's usually self-gratifying. I wasn't ready, girl. Right, come on. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and um, it's interesting that he asked me that because, you know, we, I was sharing with him. Like, we ended up having, like, a conversation about my relationship because I was on my way to fly home to see, you know, my boyfriend. And I, I was talking to him about how I had doubts about within the relationship. And he was telling me that, you know, when you love someone, you make a choice to love them. You choose them every day. Mm. And you look at everything good about them. So he said, look at everything good about him. Look at everything that you love about him. And then look at everything that maybe where he has flaws. And then once you look at the both sides, you have to choose, is this the person that I want to be with? Is this the person for me? And if the answer is yes, you accept everything that was good on that list and everything that was bad. And if the answer was no, then, you know, then that person wasn't for you. But don't make a decision based off of a quick need. Mm. I was like, okay, Lyft, I'm giving you a tip. <laughs> right. I don't even tip the Lyft driver's tip, sir. <laughs> That's the five stars. <laughs> Definitely oh them five stars, girl. <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. So, wow, I'm shook, actually. I need to keep <laughs> <get> that in. <laughs> yes. I was like, hmm. I did not expect this lift drive today, but I, you know, I'm glad it happened. I love when that happens, though. I feel like it's just like Holy Spirit just coming through, like, oh, because he, because God knew that yeah. you was on your heart, you know? God knew that you was on your heart and that you needed to hear that. And I'm hoping that whoever's listening to this podcast, they feel the same way. Like, this is what I need to hear. Um, something yeah. I really want to touch on was when it comes to questions and, have, and being honest and transparent with your partner. Um, is the conversation of celibacy. And this is not to assume that everyone listening is practicing celibacy, but I know that this is something that Kat and I have both talked about in the past. So I'm curious to know how, what advice do you have for anyone that's listening that may be on that journey if they want to bring it up to their current partner or if maybe, you know, you're dating? Like, when do you have a conversation about that? I know for me, honestly, it happened fast because fire sign energy I was like look I need to make sure we on the same page here so um <laughs> like the second date we was having a conversation and I'm just like yeah so uh I'm celibate <laughs> I want you <laughs> you know so I'm curious to know what are your thoughts on that like how do you bring that up to potential partners or partners because not everyone is as um <laughs> bold <laughs> in that department as I am right <laughs> Um, you know, it definitely, you definitely got to be fearless. It takes courage to just, you know, put that on somebody like, hey, you know, this is what I want. And it comes, it's like we said, it goes back to putting everything on the table. This is what, this is what I want. And I think it's important for a woman to know what she wants before she enters the, into the relationship and what she will not tolerate. Because if you haven't established that, that person is going to end up setting the tone of your whole relationship. Mm. Like, you know, you got to know, like, okay, this is how I want to be treated. Or, and you also have to know, okay, 
what are what is the purpose of this relationship like what do what what do i want to be get half fulfilled or you know because a lot of the times we don't really ask ourselves the right questions so then once we get in the relationship the other person is leading mm. when you should be the one you know you, you both should be leading essentially but you should set the tone of how to be treated yeah so you just gotta I mean if, if you feel like convicted if you feel like you know that's something that is important to you that you feel like god is leading you to do you just gotta own that and be confident and be like hey you know if you want me this is what you need to do because a lot of times you know a lot of men are so quick to let us know what they want and need so why can't we reciprocate the same energy you know like hey you say it's just a matter of like someone's telling you that they love you and they and they want to spend the rest of your life with you okay let me see you've got the action to back it up like how much do you really love me are you willing to do what it takes to keep me happy because this is what makes me happy and this is what i want to do and the right person will if they if they really if they really love you the right person will support that decision and no it's not going to be easy but the right person will understand why and if they don't understand why it's important to you that's an even bigger problem yeah because it shows that there's a misalignment in in core values right like exactly. if, if they don't even understand why you're doing like if you say it and their reaction is like wait what <laughs> like why are you doing that like I, I remember I can't remember who I was with but I remember that was someone's reaction when I told them that they were like why would you do that and I was just like yeah this date is officially over <laughs> like, <laughs> right. we have nothing else to talk about <laughs> Right. Like one thing if you're like oh, okay that's interesting mm, that sounds like it might be difficult but like just to be like i don't even understand why you're doing this is like that's clearly like at the core there's going to be some, exactly. some that just not are that just are not aligned um as you were speaking something like popped into my spirit that i want to share that i think is just like a question right that for anyone that is in that space that they that you can take with you it's just asking yourself Am I comfortable walking away if they don't match my end goal or my values? Mm. Like if you are prepared to ask these questions and their answers do not match up with your end goal, let's say your end goal is marriage. And let's say one of your values is celibacy and maybe another one is trust or whatever they are. But if, are you comfortable with walking away? if the answers to your questions do not match with your values and your end goals. Cause I think that, I feel like that is an indication of if you're ready to date, honestly, cause that, yeah. that you're in a space where you have that understanding of who you are in God. So like, yeah. you know what your worth is. Cause if you're not, if you're not comfortable walking away, like Kat said, you you'll be willing to settle for whatever they're giving you. Yeah. And if you're not willing to walk away, why? Mm. right like are you afraid of being alone because in, yeah. in that case maybe you're not ready to be in a relationship yet mm -hmm. you know because you can't really make someone else happy until you can be happy alone i truly do believe that like i know people say that a lot but like we spoke a lot we spoke about this how it's that and why is it that when you're doing good you are you living your best life you out here you unbothered like you're not even thinking about nobody it's we're in that exact moment somebody come around like hey you know they just start pursuing you actively like not just a slide in the dm but like every morning good morning <laughs> why this is why i love you <laughs> it is like 
It's because you are in alignment to receive love when you are operating in your highest self. Yes, come on. That is a your highest self knows what she wants, knows what makes her happy, and doesn't need someone else to, you know, show them what that is. Right. It's literally like when you think about energy, right? It's like if you are vibrating at this higher frequency because you are just like living your best life, right? You're living your best life. You're taking care mm-hmm. of yourself. You're nourishing your body. You're meditating. Right. You're praying. You're trimming your hair. Right. You're trimming <laughs> your hair. You got your skincare routine popping. Literally, your energy is vibrating at a higher frequency. And that literally is like sending out a signal. It really is. It's like when yeah. you, someone walks into a room and you feel their energy, whether it's positive or negative, I feel like the same thing happens virtually as well. Like you can, you can really feel when a person is in a good space. You can feel it. You can sense it. And I think that is a huge part of why that happens. I was actually just talking to my best friend about this yesterday where I was like, do like are men getting like a notification like oh sister single and looks for her best life now let me slide in the DM <laughs> like, like what's going on <laughs> but you say it be like that the timing be like <laughs> like does Apple have a feature where y'all get notifications what's going on <laughs> and then when all the exes hit you up at the same time like okay do y'all know each other <laughs> like what's going on maybe it's something with the algorithm like it sends a special alert to exes like oh just so you know it's now time for you to reach out again um but yeah i think that's just important to consider and to keep in mind and thank you so much for dropping those gems so those are really all of the topics that I wanted to talk about, I want to, of course, leave the floor open for you, though, if there's anything we didn't discuss that you want to kind of share your thoughts on or your ideas on. Um, I'm happy to do that as well. No, I feel like we literally just like all our conversations. In one, right? We always, we, always, <laughs> we always put so many good topics. I'm just like, I feel really good about <laughs> everything that was said today. It was just very... It's like dropping those gems, <laughs> like both of us, you know. But yeah, self-love is definitely a journey. It's not an end destination. So, you know, your self-love right now may look different than um, what it looks like 10 years from now, you know. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, for me, self-love was like something kind of foreign. But I, I, I looked at self-love like, oh, take a bubble bath, you know, buy mm-hmm. yourself something to eat that, you, that you've been really craving. You know, little things like that. But, um, you know, as I get older, I've learned, you know, as I progress, that it's about doing the inner work, right? Mm -hmm. Setting the right boundaries, communicating what you want. So that's my biggest lesson, you know, just making sure you communicate what you want. You know, it's easy to not communicate what you want. But when you don't, that person will lead the relationship. Mm -hmm. So you just want to make sure you're aware and you're communicating so love that so i have a like a a question that i have been asking the last couple of guests is from this card game that i'm obsessed with called we're not really strangers and the question is if you had to give this chapter of your life a title what would you name it and why wow Uh, that is a good question 
Ooh, um, I would name it believe. Mm. Believing. Probably, I was gonna say expectation, but I would say believing. Mm. Yeah, and I, the reason why I chose believing is because I feel, I feel like I'm about to get a little deep, but <laughs> I feel like in in life I believe in free will, but I also believe that certain certain things are predetermined. Mm-hmm. So they're already going to happen no matter what you do. You know, like I do believe that that time you leave this earth is predetermined. That's some that's one of my beliefs, but I feel like right now I'm in a space where my life could go in two different directions depending on what I do. Ooh. It's specifically in my love life and right now I'm just kind of like in this space where I'm really self-reflecting a lot more because I'm in a, I'm really in a, not a weird place, but like in a place where I gotta, I gotta like be intentional because everything I do will determine the outcome, right? Like when I'm 30 something years old down the road, um, you know, who I'm having kids with, obviously like my future. So I feel like right now I'm just believing that since I'm in a, I would say a gray area, where I'm, I have a lot of questions, um, a lot of things I'm seeking clarity on, you know, with, with, as it pertains to, you know, my relationship, you know, with this person that I was seeing. I feel like I need to just believe that even though I'm not sure what that long-term vision or picture looks like, I have to believe that it's going to work out mm. in my favor mm-hmm. for the greater good of what what serves me and it's important to for that to play out because like I said, when you're operating in your higher self, that's where you can give the best of you to others. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me, you know, like with my organization and with my community. Like I want to operate in my highest self so that I can serve in my highest power. Mm, love that. So that just inspired another question. You said like being in the gray area, you know, you're seeking clarity. I'm curious to know what does that look like for you? Like, what are some of the different things that you're doing to actually um, seek that clarity? Wow, that's a really good question, too. Um, you know, I feel like right now I'm definitely spending more time with God, trying to, like, it's crazy because everything going on with this corona is like, <laughs> We gotta be at home, you know, mm-hmm. not, we don't have to, but like a lot of things are canceled and shut down. So at first I was gonna Netflix and chill, you know, the other day. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna uh, I'm stream this, you know, service and then I'm gonna spend some time with God. So definitely, you know, quieting my mind, whether that's through meditation or prayer, but I've been doing a lot of self-reflecting, um, asking myself the right questions and just trying to be, you know, more self-aware, making sure that I'm in this relationship for the right reasons. Um, and cause you can see a lot when you did, when you, um, when you ask yourself the right questions and when you, you can see a lot when you ask yourself why you want something. Yeah. If you want it for the right reasons, usually it's, it's going to be blessed or it's going to be, uh, what's the word beneficial. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, it's important to have the right intention behind what you do. So being intentional and mindful. Yeah. I think that reminds me of um, 
that sermon from PT at One Church LA where he talked about like, um, you know, you're asking God for clarity, but you're still walking in the direction that you want to go in. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I think it's so awesome that you're sharing that one of the first things that you, you have done and continue to do is pause, you know, mm-hmm. like whenever you're in a season of looking for clarity is so important that you take time to pause because if we just continue, like you said, that free will earlier, like we can continue walking and praying and asking God to bless this thing and to, you know, make it work out for our good. But when you pause, it gives you a chance to ask yourself those questions and to put things into a different perspective and to get that clarity eventually, you know? Right. And I think that's self-love. A lot of the time, this is not something we want to talk about, but Self-love is sacrificing what you want. Yes. In hopes of, you know, receiving what God has for you. Because a lot of the time, like you said, I had to put my relationship on pause while I waited to see God and what his will is, which was hard because it was a relationship with some with this person was something that, you know, I really, you know, enjoyed and wanted. But it's like, is this what it's really supposed to be? Mm-hmm. So I had to sacrifice, you know, something that was important to me. But I know in turn, I'm going to receive, like, I got to have peace with my relationship with God right now. So like you said, sometimes you either will be not at peace in the relationship, but at, but at peace with God. Or sometimes you'll be at peace with God, but not at peace in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in this season, I'm at peace, you know, with myself and with God. So everything, I'm just believing that everything will work out in the end. Amen. We, we claim that right now. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, this was such a good conversation. I'm so glad we did yes, this. Yes, it was. Me too. So On this beautiful rainy day. Right? It's like <laughs> raining, raining in LA. Literally, all of, of the Californians feel like the world is about to end because it's been raining. And it's going to continue raining for like a whole nother week. But I'm right. I, I receive it because I, I don't know. I feel like it's like renewing and replenishing. And just like for me personally, that's where I am right now. So, I'm like, mm-hmm. I. I'm enjoying this rain and it reminds me of Jersey a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it does probably remind you of back home a little mm-hmm. bit or New York and New York. <laughs> yes. So before we wrap up, um, I would love for you to share if you have any upcoming projects or resources or your campaign that you want to share with the audience and ways that they can support what you are doing with Girl Power LA. Yes, we actually have a workshop coming up at the end of this month um, on the 28th. But as far as like just staying connected, like with Girl Power, um, Girl Power LA is spelled with no I's. So it's G-R-L-P-W-R-L-A on Instagram and on Facebook and basically every social media. But yeah, we have a a campaign going on right now. on GoFundMe, and that is to, all the financial um, support will go towards getting our 501c3 status, which is very, very close in the process of becoming, thanks to amazing supporters, including you, (laughs) Fatima, (laughs) but definitely uh, excited about, you know, just um, expanding Girl Power LA, and that's what the GoFundMe is for, to take the workshops outside of LA, because a lot of women need a sense this beautiful sense of like sisterhood and support and community you know beyond um los angeles but i'm definitely 
really passionate about continuing um, the work here because like I said, it's very divided. So still doing workshops here in LA, but if you want to support Girl Power LA, you can check out the GoFundMe, um, gofundme.com slash helpgirlpowerla. Amazing. And as always, I will be sure to include the links to where you can stay connected with Kat and with Girl Power LA in the description of this podcast. And also, please, please, please support the GoFundMe. Help her turn this vision into official yes. nonprofit because we need more of this. So guys, please support with anything that you can. Anything helps. So thank you. Thank so you, sis. You're so welcome. I'm so happy that we're able to do this and connect as always. Thank you guys for listening. And um, please let us know what you think of this episode on social media and also by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes if you enjoyed it and share it with a friend. Send it to everybody you know. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.